Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So I know you heard my conversation that we just had on immigration yeah. targets in Canada, record high number of new Canadians coming to the country. Big and issues. It's becoming bigger huge. and bigger. Yeah. And especially now, very much, very timely, the Canadian press gets some uh, freedom of information documents showing the government was warned in a document to the deputy minister responsible saying like, whoa, 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 hang on a second here. This is going to put a lot of pressure on housing supply in the country here. Yeah, they went well, ahead with it anyway. So yeah, no, uh, Sean, this all happened on Sean Fraser's watch uh, yeah. where he began it. Um, yeah, the provinces are, are now starting to wake up. I think to the impact uh, a huge population increase is having. And you and I have talked about this many times. Yeah, you know, I did the story a couple nights ago about the MSP uh, registrants just skyrocketing. We're now three hundred thirty-seven thousand in two years, but this, if you include this year's, we're going to have a half million more people potentially access, accessing the healthcare system and the housing market. Yeah. Not to not to mention um, traffic, roads. Yeah. You know, I don't drive a lot here in Victoria. Most people in Victoria, we don't need to use our vehicles a lot, but I had to use my, I had to drive around the last couple of days, get my car serviced, and the congestion in Victoria, I'd never seen it like this before. Again, because of population uh, surge. Yeah. In people living uh, in, and again, it's in three Main areas, Central Okanagan, Metro Vancouver, and the Capital Region. Adrian Dix, the health minister, was on Jazz Joe Hall yesterday, made an interesting point that other towns outside these three heavily urban areas are suffering because the population is aging and the workforce is diminishing. Yeah. He, he, he pointed out Fort St. James, where the number of people over 65 greatly uh, dwarfs the number of people in the workforce. So over time, you need healthcare workers. You need social service workers. You need workers in these towns, and they're not there. So there, there's an argument to be made that you need immigration into these small towns to fuel the workforce. But I'm not sure how you do that. And, again, and until you find a way to, to incentivize, incentivize people to move to some of these areas, uh, some of these small towns are going to suffer. And that's the argument to have bring in lots of new arrivals because skilled workers, we need them. Yes. But we need them everywhere, not just in these three urban pockets. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, that the government has talked about. They've talked about bringing in record high number of immigrants, but also trying to direct them to communities that actually need them. And I'm not sure. How do you do that? Like, can, can you yeah. say to a, a new arrival to Canada, okay, well, you can come and live in Canada, but you got to go, you got to live in Fort St. James? Like, I'm not sure. I mean, we've got mobility, mobility rights, rights in, in this the country. Charter. You're allowed to move around and yeah. live wherever you want. Those are charter rights. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm not sure how. Uh, we do have uh, incentive programs in healthcare right. to yes. get people to move to rural areas, doctors yeah. and nurses. Um, I suppose you can apply that to some of the immigration programs. But um, no, this is a. I think it's going to be a dominant story in 2024 is the huge impact uh, a massive increase in population is going to have on all areas of society, particularly housing, health care, and infrastructure. Okay, speaking of health care, you broke the story this week about the record number of patients in hospital beds mm -hmm. in British Columbia, and you pointed out earlier this week that the rec they set the record on Monday night. You predicted that the record would quickly be smashed and we'd have a new record, and, and you were right. right. So when was the new record set? Uh, the next night Day before yeah the next night tuesday night we went from <laughs> 1298 uh people in hospital which broke the old record of 1280 10000 10, sorry 10000 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 298 yeah 
broke the old record of 10,208. The next day, yeah. which was reported yesterday, 10,435. Yeah. So an increase on brand new record. Again, partly because of the respiratory illness season. Dr. Yeah. Bonnie Henry, with her presentation yesterday, we're actually going to probably now get a little worse. Uh, the number of people with flu, RSV, and COVID. Uh, but flu being the predominant virus right now. Yeah. And if you're over 70 or 80, you can get hit uh, disproportionately hard. And then you've got long-term care, 24 outbreaks at long-term care homes oh. of influenza. Yeah. You know, for years, we were, a couple of years, we were focusing on COVID, COVID outbreaks. Everything was COVID. Now it's still COVID, but it's also flu. Yeah. And we're, we're behind the flu vaccine. We Last year, we had 1.7 million people get the flu vaccine. So far, it's 1.5 and change. So we're actually doing quite well compared to other jurisdictions, but not as well as last year. And okay. that's what, another reason why hospitals are clogging up, but also because of the huge population increase. Yeah. I mean, that's another factor, right? Oh, a huge factor. Sure. Sure. And everybody gets sick. Yeah. <laughs> like well, every, if you're a new arrival to Canada or you've been here forever, yeah. everybody's going to get sick. If you got a million, if we had five million people, X percent were getting sick, sick. and sure. going into hospital. Well, if you got 5.5 million people yeah. and the same percentage applies, well, you're going to have a heck of a lot more people in hospital. Do the math. <laughs> Do the math. Okay. The same applies to healthcare workers. We got a lot of healthcare workers mm-hmm. off sick as well. We Let's listen to Adrian Dix on that, the health minister talking about how many healthcare workers are off sick right now. In the most recent week that we have evidence, we have results for um, 18,000 healthcare workers. Now, there are hundreds of thousands of healthcare workers in BC, but 18,000 of them missed at least one day because of illness in that period. If you can imagine being in a facility where there are, I don't know, five nurses and one is away, well, that's significant for, for everybody. 18,000 healthcare workers I, I think all that's off a record. I was tracking uh, healthcare worker illnesses the last couple of years. Uh, during the height of the pandemic, I think, I think the highest we had was like seventeen thousand. So Dix just nonchalantly drops the eighteen thousand figure yesterday. Uh, that's a, I think the before the pandemic, I think it was the average was about twelve thousand, if I recall. Yeah. Now eighteen thousand, that's uh, that's basically a fifty percent increase. Now again, the rules are have changed. Um, if you want to call them rules, stay home if you're sick. Sure, of course. You know that's that's been a new emphasis. That wasn't there a few years ago. People would come to work, take one for the team. Even though I'm feeling bad, I'm going to come in and help out. Yeah. Well, now, no. The, the, the rule is, or the strong suggestion is, no, stay home if you're sick. Yeah. So more people are staying home because they're sick. But when you have 18,000 people off the job in one sector, that's going to have a huge impact, particularly we couple with a huge increase in the number of people occupying hospital beds. Right. So just going back to the record number of hospital patients right now, you had a great chart last night in the news hour showing how many people are taking up hospital beds and then the very small number of available beds, right? So we haven't run out of hospital beds. No, so there's two types of beds. There's the base beds, which are in wards, you know, the regular, and then there's surge beds, which are hallways and different parts of the hospital where they're brought in. But uh, Vancouver Coastal yesterday reported had 20, they have 23, 2,330 base beds. 21 of them are empty. So that's how many are, you know, you just do the math. Yeah. Fraser Health has almost 3,000 base beds. 70 of them are empty. So almost all the base beds are full yeah. in the province. And yeah. those are the ones that have dedicated staff and dedicated rooms. Yeah. Um, so a um, huge number of surge beds are brought into play. So we still have 
we're at 85% capacity of all the beds. So there's still beds, yeah. but not all beds are the same. Okay, real quickly, uh, I'll be talking to Rob Fleming, the transportation minister here at the top of the next hour. So at 11 o'clock, he'll be on. Very, very timely because we're going to talk about trucks slamming into overpasses. And so again, like last night, we see this overheight truck tries to go through the Massey Tunnel, goes for a scrape through the Massey Tunnel. <laughs> you see these like sparks. Oh, it's crazy. You <laughs> see these sparks just flying over the roof of the Massey Tunnel. Oh. Guy slams the brakes on. There's a driver behind him filming the whole thing on her dash cam. So this is pretty wild. It just keeps happening. No yeah. matter how, how many... He, the guy, Fleming quadrupled the fines yeah. for this. Yeah, and now he's uh, he's angry. He's written a pretty strongly worded letter to Pablo Rodriguez, the federal transport minister, about a loophole that allows these trucking companies to bring their trucks in from other jurisdictions um, and to operate in B.C. because they get their safety certificates in other places. So it's, it's, Canada has this hodgepodge system of safety certificates for truckers which every province has their own jurisdiction. And this is this dates back to like 1987. It hasn't really been changed in, you know, almost 40 years. And Fleming's looking for some significant changes. Whatever what goes through the mind of a truck driver? Okay, I've got an overheight vehicle here coming up to the Massey Tunnel. <laughs> hmm, I think I can squeeze through there. Or you're saying deflate the tires a bit. Maybe I can, <laughs> maybe I can just get through this thing. No, I mean, oh. no, come on. I mean, it's... Uh, and, and Talk to Fleming. He says there are incidents in other provinces that are occurring as well. Oh, yeah. It seems the industry needs an overhaul. Keith Baldry is my guest. Is Baldry's beat. John and Langley on the open line. Hi, John. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, as Hi. I explained to your producer, I'm an old retired trucker. I spent 30 years hauling around the lower mainland uh, in the interior, down south containers. My question is, uh, what I've noticed with all this, uh, diabol- this diabolical crashes and everything going on is where, uh, how many sta- uh, way stations have they closed? Now, many years ago, they had a, a southbound way station at the Dees Tunnel. On the, on the south end, they had a pole there that I used to get out in the pouring rain, climb up the pole, and they had an arm that went out with chains on it. And if the, you could get out and actually see if there was, uh, you know, space between the chains and the top of your load, you were okay. Now, my question is this. I'd like to know, and Keith can find this out, how many way stations have they closed down in the last 20, 25 years? Yep. And more importantly, how many of the uh, commercial truck division, uh, the guys out on the road, uh, how many have they cut back there? Because there's certainly the enforcement has gone crazy. We used to have a north, an mm-hmm. eastbound and a westbound on the Portman Bridgeway station. They're gone. Mm-hmm. They're they're closing them all up. The only one we got now is the border. And if Good. you're eastbound, you hit flood. That's it. Okay. Good. Thank thank you. Great. Great information. I'll ask the, I'll minister, ask, I'll ask the minister for yeah, you. You're going to have Rob Fleming on. Those are great questions to put yeah. to the minister. I don't have that information in my fingertips. <clears throat> Anecdotally, I think he's right. I've seen less um, way stations and, and such. So, yeah, that's a great question to put to the minister. Yeah, I'll have Rob Fleming, the transportation minister, on at 11 o'clock here, and I will ask him that question. Lawrence on Vancouver Island. Hi, Lawrence. Go ahead. Hey, I've been trucking for over 40 years all over the states in Canada. Um, why don't we do what we do in the States? They, every overheight vehicle in the States has to have a pilot car. And the pilot car has a wand on it, so it drives in front of the, the truck that's overheight, and the wand hits the top part 
of the bridge or whatever it is, and it goes back to the vehicle and sends an alarm that you're over height, so they can't go through there. So wow. how come we don't have anything like that kind of a system? Like, you guys want to talk about spending lots of money. Why don't you just put it back on to the companies to uh, – to get the pilot cars with every override. Well, vehicle. who are they? Who are they going to get to drive the pilot cars? They they can't find enough truck drivers now. Never mind guys driving pilot cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a pilot car, you only need a class five license. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank still, you. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, back to the immigration issue. Where do we find the workers? Yeah, we got we got a shortage of workers. Yeah. So another question put to Fleming when he's on the list. Yeah, Daryl and Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Just specifically on the health care issue, governments of all political stripes over the last 30, 35 years have failed to plan for the aging of the baby boom generation. Me being a baby boomer, we are aging out, and we require health care, and they have failed to plan for that natural growth in the population and immigration. How long and how many governments did it take to get St. Paul's started? What is happening with the expansion at Surrey, also at Royal Columbian, at Eagle Ridge Hospital? So it, it is a basic failure of planning on all governments of all political stripes, federally and provincially. Thank yep. you. Yep. Very good point. Good, great example is long-term care. No, no, nothing was built for years yeah. on long-term care, even though it was patently obvious the need for long-term care in terms of population growth was going to be phenomenal. So now, belatedly, the government um, has a billion-dollar plan to build more long-term care homes. But I think we spent something like less than $20 million on long-term care for, for like two decades. So there's a lot of bad planning, for sure. That has been... It's not like we didn't know this was coming. I no, mean, we, knew... we talked about the silver tsunami for yeah, years. It was right. coming. The silver tsunami's coming. we got to get ready. we got to get ready. So no, uh, very little planning. So belatedly, and, and to... This government's credit, they're spending a billion dollars plus on long-term care, yeah. which is, but it's, is it a dollar, dollar, a dollar short, short day, day, day late? Day late and a dollar short. We'll see. Yeah. Tony in Vancouver. Hi, Tony. Hi. I just want to say that all these problems, everything what we're talking about come to two words, Justin Trudeau. He's the one to blame for everything, I think. The guy's wow. so incompetent. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, yeah, Tony. Okay, Tony got Tony that off. Just Tony just, got that off his chest. Trudeau's to blame for everything. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, uh, uh, Tony got that off Abacus his chest. Data pull out today. More bad news for Trudeau. Seventeen well, point gap with uh, the Conservatives. His numbers are tanking. Hey, listen, Tony's not alone in feeling unhappy with this federal government. No. Trudeau's in a lot of trouble here. You know, it's interesting. The Conservatives' numbers in BC. Again, back to the provincial scene, bleeding yes. over to the B.C. Conservative. But right now, the Conservatives are in a position in B.C. to win almost every seat, with the exception, you know, Vancouver, Kingsway. The federal Conservatives. Federal Conservatives, not, not B.C. Conservatives. Federal Conservatives have such high numbers, and the Liberals and NDP. Every seat? Not, well, I don't think Vancouver, Kingsway, or a couple of, perhaps a couple of others. But they're going to win a lot of seats. Remember, we go back a few years, the Reform Party, yeah. you know, which is Conservative voters, Used to win a Squimalt. Yes. Here in the capital, which is an NDP stronghold provincially. But that was a federal reform seat. Keith, thanks a lot. Talk to you on Monday. Later on Monday. 11 later o'clock on Monday. On Monday.